right, everybody, welcome to the new Sports with AB platform here on YouTube and all of the podcast outlets, Anchor, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. I am Austin Bradley, and I'm joined with Jordan El- joined by Jordan Ellsworth. I will get to his role in just a second. So basically what we're going to do here is we're going to have three shows a week. On Monday nights, we're going to have a basketball show. It's going to be overtime with A.B. Wednesday nights is going to be the walk-off. We're going to talk about baseball, Major League Baseball. And on Friday, we'll have Friday night fights and more. That's going to be, you know, some MMA, maybe some football. Uh, might get into some wrestling, depending on how that's received. Uh, we will just see about that. Again, I'm Austin Bradley. This is the new Sports with A.B. platform, and I'm joined again by Jordan Ellsworth, contrary to what his Zoom name yeah. says. Yeah, um, it, uh, it did. I clicked on through my emails. My wife uses Zoom for her business, so um, it hurts you. up there. Huh? So we'll try to figure out how to fix that <laughs> some other time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jordan's going to be with us one night a week. It, some weeks it'll be basketball week, basketball night. Sometimes it'll be baseball night just kind of depending on his schedule, depending on my schedule, just because these are pre-recorded. So know that if you're watching this the day after when it's uploaded, we don't know what's going to happen that day. So something wild, crazy might happen. If we don't talk about it, it's because it was pre-recorded. That's just kind of how it's going to have to work. Um, yeah. Just because in my opinion, doing stuff live sucks because you can't, you know, you can't edit your work and make it look as, as, as good as possible. And by edit that, I mean, you know, graphics, things of that nature. So tonight, instead of Friday Night Fights and more, we are going to start off with the walk-off podcast. Uh, again, I'm Austin Bradley. This is Jordan Ellsworth. We're happy to have him. Uh, known him for a lot of years and respect his opinion on multiple sports. Um, that is – what I will say about that, and we're, we are going to dive right in. So the first 10 days, really 14 days, I guess, today is uh, Thursday. So we are officially two weeks into the Major League Baseball season. And it's been a little wild. It's been a little unpredictable. Some teams that you thought were going to be really, really good have kind of underperformed so far. And vice versa for some teams that you looked at before the season and was kind of you know, uh, we, we don't know about them. Um, but the biggest story of the offseason and the only thing we're going to talk about really from the offseason, aside from player moves, as we talk about teams specifically, is there were some rule changes. There were three uh, pretty big rule changes, really two that have changed the entire way the game's played. You've got the the bases being enlarged and you've got the pitch clock. The pitch clock is the one that I think we're seeing the effects of the most today still uh we're seeing pitchers and batters uh still adjust to that of course uh Shohei Otani became the first player and probably the only player that to get a pitch clock violation both as a hitter and a pitcher in the same game uh Jordan talk about just for a second how do you think these new rules uh we'll start with the pitch clock how do you think that's going to change baseball and do you like it do you not like it how do you, how do you feel about that uh I I really think that it, it changes the game for the average um, person who, who doesn't watch baseball day in and day out. Um, for for me, I, I do like it. I think it does speed the game up a little bit. 
some of the games, uh, you know, I'm a big Cardinal fan, so that's mostly what I watch. Um, but some of the games have been a little quick, you know. Um, but you know, that's, yeah. that's just the that's just the times that we're in right now with the with the pitch clock. You got to do something that's going to grab your audi- audience, and you know, uh, baseball is a business like anything else, and if they don't have a product to put on the field that's going to get viewers and uh, people in the seats, then then the game suffers that way as well. So I understand it. Uh, I don't know that I 100% like it, but I do. I have, I've seen the benefits of it um, for sure. Um, I'm just going to take some getting used to really. I, I think the only time that's really going to bother me is when I go to the ballpark myself, because if you do get into a quick game and it only lasts two hours, I'm a person that likes to show up, you know, an hour and a half before the game. And I like a three hour game, especially if you're sitting in the ballpark, because I just like to look around and, and enjoy the the scenery and just the sounds and, and smells and all that stuff. And so if you're only in there for hours, that kind of takes, takes away from it. But it, like I said, it's just the times that we live in right now. So I think it has been a huge benefit and I think it's, it's, it's going to work for the game for sure. I think, I, uh, first of all, I do agree with that. I think something you mentioned, the St. Louis Cardinals talking about the pitch clock and, and, Every every game of opening day, you know, two hours, 13 minutes, two hours, 15 minutes, like you said, just a little over two hours. The St. Louis Cardinals on opening day play a four hour and 13 minute game yeah. with the Blue Jays. So mm-hmm. kind of wonder, well, does it affect it? That, but you think about it this way, you know, that's a four hour game. That game might be a six hour game. Um, it yeah, not for the block. Yeah. So yeah. personally, I, I like it uh, myself. I think that it does speed the game up and I think like you said for that average fan that maybe you know like you said likes to go out to the ballpark doesn't like to watch it on tv it takes too long baseball's boring I hate hearing that okay just don't watch it uh if, if you're gonna say baseball's yeah. boring yeah but um I think for the average fan the casual as as some people like to say nowadays I think it's a very good thing I think that it's gonna grow the fan base and I think adding that pitch clock and even some of the other new rules at the same time that the World Baseball Classic was going on and everybody was so captivated to that because to me, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a – you know me. You've known me for a long time. I'm an avid college basketball fan. Love the NCAA tournament. It's my favorite yeah. three-week stretch of the year. And mm-hmm. I was watching the World Baseball Classic at the same time the NCAA tournament was going on. So Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I think all of that and kind of introducing – I think they picked a very, very good time to introduce rules as game changing is that if you ask me. Yeah. I think I think pitch clock's probably the most important one. Of course we'll dive into some of the other rules. You know, I mean there's there's one that's been around since COVID that I don't really care for, you know, the runner on second base and extra innings. Um I I get why they like it. I get why the players like it because they don't want to be out there for five, six hours, 16 inning game. Uh but to me, that's just not baseball <laughs> to put a to put a runner on second base automatically. But for the most part, a lot of the rule changes have been very good. Uh, honestly, it, like I said, just takes some getting used to. But uh, definitely like the the pace of play. Uh, the bases are something that that's gotten used to. Uh, I, I like it from the aspect that we're going to see more stolen bases. I think um, from certain certain teams now. 
Uh, a lot of teams are probably not going to steal as much because that's just not what their game is. But I think I do think you'll see some more stolen base and more speed put back into the game. So those those are just I probably jumped ahead there. Sorry, but those are just some of my thoughts on some of the other ones. No, I was I was actually just looking to see what the uh, the actual base size increase was. I I couldn't remember exactly. I didn't want to spew something off mm-hmm. and then go back and be like, oh, I was wrong. It went from fifteen inches uh, by fifteen. Inches. 18 by 18. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that that is something that we're going to look at, you know, next year as something right now as, as games are happening. You probably don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, but then when you look back maybe at the end of the season and it's going to be like, whoa, you know, whoa, that, that really, really made a big difference. Uh, a team you were talking about, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, a little while ago, they're, they're a team that hasn't, hasn't attempted as many stolen bases with this new uh, – base rule as I expected they would, mm-hmm. you know, guys like Tommy Edmund, Tyler O'Neill that steal 20 bags a year. Sometimes yeah. they have neither one of them have a stolen base. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, mm-hmm. kind of how all of that, how all those rule changes shake out to me. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, just talking about the Cardinals for a second, uh, I, I think what you get into with them is they have so much power in their lineup. Uh, that you hate to steal in front of some of those guys, especially Arenado, right. uh, even Gorman right now. Um, even if you got a guy that's got some speed, it's hard to run in front of him because you want him to see a good pitch. You want him to drive the baseball um, out of the ballpark. Hey, buddy. Um, and then another another aspect of that is, you know, Tommy Edmonds, some of these guys uh, haven't been on base as much as they usually, right. as usually are. So the attempts are down just because they've struggled a little bit out of the gate. I, I think that'll change. So I think you'll see some more stolen bases because uh, some of those guys, like you mentioned, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, uh, have a lot of speed. And I, I I think they'll utilize it at some point. I I definitely agree to that. Well, we're, we will wrap up the talk about the rules. Of course, as, as weeks go on, we'll, we'll talk about that more as I think events will happen that, don't really give us a choice but to talk about it you know things that you'll look back and be like now maybe if it if it hadn't been for that you know you know the rule the rules last year i think more hits things like that defensive shifts we haven't talked about that that's a big one yeah. uh yeah. we will hit that hit that later on in the show is we'll talk about a couple players okay. um but we'll start with it's 10 day we're we're 14 days into the season again we talked about um teams that have overperformed, teams that have underperformed at the beginning of the show. Uh, when you look at teams going into the season and even now that are kind of underrated versus teams that are overrated, if you could give me one team of each, like one team that you think is probably the most overrated team in baseball and then one team that's the most underrated team in baseball. Yeah, it's funny you ask that. Um, you know, what what the Rays are doing right now is pretty amazing. Uh, you know taking uh, strength of schedule out of the equation. I, I know they probably haven't played the toughest opponents as far as the first 10 games have shaken out. Um, but to start the season 13-0, it's only been done two or three times. So got to give credit to them. Um, I think, you know, depending on how they do the rest of the season, some may, some may look back and say that they're kind of overrated. Um, but just kind of wanted to give them a shout out and credit uh, first before I got into the other one. One of the teams I was thinking about, which kind of makes me laugh because they're beating us right now, but was the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
I just don't think in the long run they're going to be able to hang with the Brewers and the Cardinals. Uh, I know the Cardinals are, you know, they've played, you know, um, underwhelmingly uh, throughout this season. They played a little bit better the last couple of games. But I think the Pittsburgh Pirates sitting at seven and five, I, I, you know, you know, at one point they were seven and three. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. So they would be on my list. You know, I got more than just one, honestly. Uh, they're probably one of them. Um, you know, you never know about the Angels. Uh, they got a lot of talent. You got a lot of money on that team. Uh, playing pretty well to start, uh, considering the way they've played the last several years. Um, so it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they finish. I think they might be a little overrated. Um, but those would be my top two, uh, you know, just to kind of keep it a little bit shorter. I could go into some other teams, but those two for sure right now, I think I'd like to see where they end up. I think Pittsburgh Pirates for sure are not going to be at the top of the central division. I feel pretty confident about that for sure. No, I agree. I think, uh, you mentioned the Rays a little bit ago and yeah, what, what they are doing is impressive you know, starting out 13-0. They started with a three-game series at home against the Tigers, then played the Nationals in Washington, and since then have play, played three games with the Athletics. And tonight, they – or I guess earlier today, they beat the Boston Red Sox back in Tampa 1-0. to So, 13 nothing start still. It, it, it doesn't matter. That, that's pretty crazy. It's hard to string baseball games together. It really is at any point in the season. Yeah. It was the start of the season it's really hard to string baseball games together. So um, with that, when you talk about kind of overrated and underrated, you said you had the Angels a little un- overrated. I've actually got them on my underrated side. I think they're a team that a lot of people are just assuming are going to be, you know, middle, you know, middle of the pack, maybe even bottom, you know, bottom half of the, of the American League, of the American yeah. League West. I think what the Angels are tr- going to try to do this year is they're – they're going to look at the first half of the season. And by first half of the season, I mean the trade that up until the trade deadline, which I guess mm-hmm. is more first like three fifths of the season. But yeah, it's a little way, over half. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they're playing well or if they're over 500, have a shot to maybe get a wild card spot, who knows? By that time, they might even win the division. You're not win the division, but be in the, in the race for the division. You know, I think their tread, trade deadline is going to, you know, okay, are we trading to try to make a push or are we trading to maybe kind of kickstart a rebuild? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shohei Otani is somebody that his contract ends. If you don't win with him this year, he's not going to resign. So his contract ends next year, at the end of next year, not at the end of this year, right? That's correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have to double check. I, I, I thought it was at the end of this year, honestly. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. It might be. Yeah, not 100%. It might be. I'll just tell you. I, I think either way, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for them to re-sign him. Um, either way it goes, uh, just because there's going to be so much money involved. They've already signed Mike Trout to a $430-something million deal it was. And you have Rendon, who's on a huge contract. Um, you know, a lot of that's going to depend on their pitching. Um I mean, I look forward to them being good. I, I hope for, mo- for most of the years. Okay, just a second, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, we got kids that are going to interrupt here. With our, special, time time. our special guest, Kai. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – he's, 
Hang on, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's gonna be interesting to see where they end up. I just kind of put them kind of you know on my overrated list just just because I don't know if it's real yet or not. You know, like right, right. They've they've just underperformed for so many years now, and I I get it. Most people think that they've wasted Mike Trout's career. Uh, a lot of it. Um, I don't think it's as simple as that. You know, I think it a lot plays in, into that. No, they haven't had the pitching. They've tried to go out and do some things, uh, but maybe this is the year where it all comes together. And if it does, it's going to make it's going to make baseball a lot better. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when you have guys like Shohei Otani, you have a guy like Mike Trout on a team together and they're good I think it's good for the sport I think if you have those guys that are probably the two best baseball players in the world honestly not even probably they are it's it's really really hard it's really really hard to even say probably uh because they're in just a league of their own you know Shohei Otani being a, a a Cy Young level pitcher and an MVP level hitter so um it's it's just rather rather insane you know to think that we might look back in 10 years and be like man their their careers were kind of wasted you know mm-hmm. two generational players two of the greatest players of all time and they've not been to the playoffs and well Shohei Otani's never been to the playoffs Mike Trout hasn't been to the playoffs in 11 years yeah um yeah it's just and you can't help but say that I mean I, I don't like saying it just because I think you know, you have it. Well, society in general, people just don't stay places as long anymore. Uh, you see it. You see it. In the kind of profession. I'm a teacher and a coach. You see it all the time. You know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. You see coaches leave schools all the time uh, because the talent has run out, or you know, maybe they're welcome and at their town or their school has run out. Um, but I give Mike Trout credit uh, for his loyalty. You know, he he likes playing and. And with the angels and, and he's, you know, uh, stuck by, by them and he has confidence that they're going to be able to fix things. And one good thing about it is, you know, he's still in the prime of his career. I think he's a player barring injury. That's, that's going to produce in, in his late thirties still, uh, maybe not at the level that he is now, but I think he's still got a lot of good years left. And so I give him credit for, for being so loyal. I just hope they get it right for his sake. I hope we don't look back. And he's a Don Mattingly, and he only made the playoff once, you know. Uh, I agree. Twice, you know. So that that that's my thoughts on that. I, uh, I just had, like I said, I just had him on my list because I, I want to see what they do. You know, if we get to, I, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I think they're a prove-it team. I, I really do. I think they're a prove-it team. They have the, have the potential, and I think they're going to have to get more – production outside of Shohei Otani, both on the mound and hitting and outside of Mike Trout. It's, it's just, it has to happen uh, for the, for that team to be competitive. We're going to shift gears just a little bit uh, yeah. real quick, real quick. Uh, Luis Arias at the first cycle in Miami Marlins history last night. That's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, they, uh, they do it as a team, you know, they have a pretty rich history. Um, you know, and last night was their first first cycle. He hit it 
against the Philadelphia Phillies, a team that everybody expects to be, you know, world beaters this year, a team that actually is kind of like we were just talking about, maybe underperformed a little bit to start the season. And um, Luis Arias hits for the cycle. And the first, first, third, seventh, and eighth thing, he got that done. And congratulations to him. That's a pretty amazing feat. I'll let you chime in on that there. Uh, see, see what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's a pretty crazy stat. Um, I can remember as a kid when the when the Marlins were a, a fresh new expansion team uh, with these bright colored uniforms and turquoise and black. And, and uh, I remember in 97 them winning the World Series and kind of being a fan of that team um, around 10 or 11 years old, you know, just kind of coming into my own as a baseball fan, you know, before that, when you're younger, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, you don't really pay attention as much. Uh, but then when you start to get in little league and, and if you love the game, like I did, uh, you really start to, to pay attention to teams and things. And, and, uh, so it's interesting that, uh, you know, they've been around for 30 years and that's the first cycle. Uh, you talked about some of their rich his history in their teams, and we weren't talking about a team that had Gary Sheffield back in 97. They had Bobby Bonilla. Uh, they had Mark Kotze. They had uh, Jeff Conine. Uh, I mean, the list goes on, on and on, and they didn't have a cycle. You know, it's just kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> they had Edgar Renteria early in his career. Uh, then you fast forward 2003, and talking about cycles, I mean, you know, they had Luis Castillo and they had Juan Pierre and, and guys that were super fast. And so I just look back at some of the talent that they had, you know, um, Giancarlo Stanton or Mike Stanton, whatever you refer to him as, and always changed his name. But, you know, with his power and he's fast enough to get a cycle. So it's just kind of interesting that they've, they've been around for 30 years and never had a cycle. And, and you know, I think a rise is the real deal. I mean, um, I know we we're going to talk about rookie of the year here in a minute. Um, you know, I'm a homer, so I think Jordan Walker is going to win it. We'll dive into that more here in a little bit. But I think the, the re, Luis Arise, you know, uh, not necessarily a rookie um, per se. I could be wrong on that, but, um, you know, he could win it if he still has rookie status. I'm not sure on his rookie status or not. I, I can't remember if he was around all year last year or not. But, um, you know. Uh, either way, he's a great player and a great feat uh, for sure. So, Okay, so we're, we are going to, from here, we're going to dive into our MLB awards, uh, kind of our predictions on that. Uh, we will dive into what who we think could win each division. And I've got a prediction of who I believe will be in the World Series at the end of the season. Then after that, we're going to wrap the show up. Um, so we'll start in the national league. We're just going to go through MVPs rookie of the years. We're not going to do gold gloves or anything like that. Just cause that's so hard to tell at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. cause there are really, really good defenders that have had some eh, shaky starts, you know, to the first two weeks of the season. So, um, to me, I think when you're looking at the NL MVP, uh, my gut is telling me Pete Alonzo. A lot of people, a lot of people in this world thought Pete Alonzo was the MVP last year. It was really, really hard to take it from Paul Goldschmidt. I think, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think Alonzo was the third. 
I think it, to me, my rankings last year would have been Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Pete Alonzo, then Nolan Arenado did not shake out that way, but that was just me. Um, yeah. And AL MVP, I had Vlad Guerrero Jr. We'll stick with the NL MVP uh, just for a second. I think Pete Alonzo, who, who you got winning that? Why? Uh, you know, I hope it's a Cardinal, obviously. Uh, that That's going to be so hard to do, you know, for Goldschmidt to go back to back. You could have Arenado. I put Matt Olson just because I like what he's done here early. Not a huge Braves fan. Uh, didn't really like him back in the day just because they were so good. Um, took out the 96 Cardinals when they were up three games to one, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. And so still a little bitter about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I some, some people watching this or listening to this are like, man, this guy's old. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I picked Matt Olson just because I like what he's done here early on. I think he, from the left side, he's got a really good swing. Um, he doesn't really get himself out that much. Um, you know, in an era where strikeouts are up, he, you know, he not a huge strikeout guy. Um, likes to put the ball in play. He hits the opposite field. I like guys that hit the hit to the opposite field. So, I, I, and I think that keeps you yeah. out. Of and I think he's on a team where the lineup's deep. And he's going to have an opportunity to put up some big numbers. So I got Matt Olson. May not, like you said, may not shake out that way. It could be somebody totally different that me and you are not even thinking of um, that wins it. It just it's whoever has that career year, you know. Um, yep. could win that. But yep. that's my pick for NL right now. Uh, that Braves team has three players that could genuinely win. Uh, could win the MVP: Austin Riley and Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> of course, Manny yep. Machado is always. Always a possibility. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. The list yeah. is so long, National League man of yeah, of guys absolutely. that you can look at. And be like, hey, this guy right here, like this guy. The National League is so good. American League too, but the National League, like typically, you've got those, you know, those top four or five that really you can't you can't argue against any of them. You can argue for all of them, as mm -hmm. you know, the American League feels like yeah. about three players, and it seems like the same three players every year. Uh, with Jose Ramirez being that fourth, kind of kind of battle it out for it. Uh, switching over. Speaking of the American League, mm -hmm. I've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Here's the thing: I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to put up those same numbers that he always does. But the problem is, is last year with Aaron Judge, goodness gracious, he had 62 home runs. He was, I mean, Don, he was, you know, it improved and vastly on on the defensive side. You couldn't deny Aaron Judge. I think the only person that kind of gave him a run for his money was Shohei Otani. I that that's a debate that we'll talk about later in the season. I'm excited to talk about that. How how fair is that when you've got a guy that is the Cy Young and also hits 40 home runs, but mm -hmm. then you know a guy like Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs. So, um, but I think I think it's going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If they can get the Yankees this year. And, and I think this year is their best chance to do it. You know, the Cardinals, you talked about the Cardinals a little bit. The Cardinals saw them a couple weeks ago. They can score. They're good defensively. I think this team, this is the year that they get. They get the Yankees. They win the AL East. Uh, and I think with that, you know, just Vladimir Guerrero just putting up his normal numbers. That they're crazy. You know, numbers, you know, 34, 35, mm -hmm. moments, maybe 40 you know, with over 100 RBI, and he's a gold glove at first base from, from last year. And he's not 
He's mm-hmm. not uh, went backwards defensively. You've seen some pretty incredible picks from him already this season. That That's my pick in the American League. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that pick. I mean, talking about his lineage and, you know, uh, Vlad Sr., um, you know, that was right in the middle of, of my childhood, uh, him playing with the – I can remember him playing with the Expos and then obviously uh, the Angels. Uh, you know, at, at the end of his career with the Rangers, he was still, you know, hitting like – Vladdy always did, you know. Um, so he comes from a great family, um, and he's got all the tools. He he's bigger than his dad was. Um, you know, I think a lot of it's muscle. I think he's 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 just built different, as the kids would like to say today. Uh, <laughs> I hear that all the time. But literally, he is built different. He's stronger. He's not he's not as fast, obviously, because he's got a lot of girth to him. Uh, but he's got all the tools, man. So you can't go wrong with that pick. Uh, I went with Mike Trout and I know, I know people are probably going to say, well, everybody goes with Mike Trout, but he really hasn't been in, in, in the conversation the last couple of years. He's always kind of been hanging around and he's gotten some votes, but I think this is a year where he really bounces back. He stays healthy. Um, and if the angels do end up winning the division or they get a wild card spot, I think he's going to win the MVP. Uh, unless I, Otani, unless Otani just has a monster year on the mound and the at the plate, um, you know I, I think Mike Trout wins it. But you definitely can't go wrong with your pick and Vlad Jr. If they win the division, uh, it's going to be because of him mm-hmm. uh, mostly, mm-hmm. and uh, he probably does win the MVP if they win the division. So I, I do like your pick. I just have a feeling that Mike Trout's going to have a monster year and. Who knows? We we may be on this show in August, and Mike Trout is hurt, and that pick may be garbage. But uh, that that's who that's who I picked. So I guarantee you that in September, when we're talking about this as the playoffs are about to start, we're gonna look and we're gonna look back, and we're gonna be playing a clip of stupid takes because I guarantee <laughs> you that they, things are things are gonna change on a on a day to day, week to week basis. Hey, I like Mike Trout. Mike Trout is one of my favorite uh, non non Cardinal players. He really is. Uh, so, you know, he, I just feel like he plays the game the right way. I really do. He plays the game the right way, and he wants mm-hmm. to be out there 162 times a year. And mm-hmm. and you can't ask for anything better with that. And you can see is just by the way that he interacts with the fans, interacts with the media. He's a good person. You know, he he oh, is absolutely. a good human being. And and yeah. those those are the best baseball players to watch. That are good. That are good players on the field, but better people off the field. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, he, I mean, he's top notch. I mean, you see so many videos and, and things on uh, on TikTok and online of uh, of him signing autographs and doing things for kids, whether it be Make a Wish or um, it just seems like he, um, as busy as he is and as high profile as he is, I, I really think he had he's in tune and in touch with the fans. And so I'm a big fan of him. Um, you know, just, just him as a player and a person, uh, you know, not, not an angels fan really, but, uh, I, I do enjoy watching him play. So. I, I, uh, could not agree more. I think let's talk about the youngsters, the, the rookies as we, as, as they're called, uh, the NL, the NL rookie of the year 
if it ended today, I think is a shoe in. I, I don't think there is a question. Obviously, it doesn't end today. We have 150 more games to play, but my pick is going to be first for September, the same guy that my pick is today in the National League. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to be a homer here. Um, and that's Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker is on a 12 game hitting streak. He might be in jeopardy of losing that. I'll be honest, I'm not watching right now just because of what's just because we're doing this. And as of right now, he does not have a hit. Yeah. We'll see if he can get one. We'll see if he can get one before the end of the ball game tonight. Um, but that is completely wild. Uh, what he what he has done to start his career. He's a guy that at the end of spring training, you know, we were talking about okay, he took a took a pretty nasty slide, got hurt, had to sit out a couple games, was really whiffing, looking behind, maybe. Maybe even like that major league pitching had caught up to him a little bit. Uh, maybe he wasn't ready, and he has come to the big leagues and just exceeded expectations, uh, if if that that's possible. He is, you know, again, 12-game hitting streak, uh, at risk of losing that tonight, but that does break the Cardinals' all-time record for the most uh, for the most consecutive games to start a career with a hit. It also, I believe, tied major league baseball as well, did not with 12 uh, I, I believe I believe so he was either tied for the record or he's one or two hits away from or not one or two hits but one or two games away from breaking it uh, I don't want to speak on that uh, with 100% certainty but I think you're I think you're close I think he's either right he's either tied or right on top of it so if he doesn't get a hit tonight and doesn't it doesn't continue uh you know, that'll be disappointing, but, man, he's had a great start. Um, I I agree with that. The thing with Jordan Walker is he is a kid. He's a young man. He's 20 years old. You don't, you don't know that he's 20 years old, but he has a legitimate chance to change the entire complexion of the St. Louis Cardinals season. He, he, he just does. You know, if he comes in and hits 25 home runs, you've got Goldie who's going to hit 30. Nolan's probably going to hit 30. Uh, you've got – and then you've got Tyler O'Neill who is capable of hitting – 30 home runs we've seen that in 2021 he's looked better this year he changes the entire complexion in my opinion of of the cardinals again this isn't a cardinals podcast but whenever you look at the national league central it's really really hard not to talk about them yeah yeah absolutely um you know as far as my pick i had the same one Uh, like i said earlier mine's a little bit of a homer pick just because I really like what he's done. You know, I kind of just watched highlights last year. Kept waiting for him to get called up, and the Cardinals never did call him up. Uh, May have been a good thing. I don't know. Um, But what he's done so far is very similar to watching Albert Pujols. I can can remember being – oh, gosh, I was probably eighth eighth or ninth grade watching Pujols, so I remember his first year – um very vividly and it reminds me a lot of that uh now Pujols probably had some more power numbers by this time of the season uh don't know that the average was any higher but uh you wouldn't have said back in 2001 ha- halfway through the first month that oh Albert Pujols is going to be a hall of famer you just knew that man this kid's really good and uh I think it, same thing with Jordan Walker I, I who knows how it shakes out but uh I think 
I think for sure he he's got he's going to be in the voting for for rookie of the year for sure. I do too. All right, guys. Sorry about that. We did have a little bit of technical difficulties. If you noticed the new background, I had to move around just a little bit. Um, and we are just going to dive right back into where we left off and get right in with the American League Rookie of the Year award picks. Uh, my guy is a guy that a lot of – whenever the, the Cardinals called up Jordan Walker, you saw a lot of Yankees fans jump on, hey, man, let's get uh, Anthony Volpe up here. Volpe. Is it Volpe or is it Volpe? Yeah, 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 Volpe. Yeah. I don't want to mispronounce the name there uh, on him, but Anthony Volpe, they were like, all right, let's get him called up. And they called him up. So I think that's a young man that is a gold glove level defender at a position that they needed a gold glove uh, level defender at. Uh, you know, they've got Isaiah Kiner for Leffa, but I think the upside to Volpe is, is greater than the upside to Kiner for Leffa is. I think he's capable of putting up, you know, uh, silver slugger numbers as well. He's a guy that, that that's going to get on base. He's going to he's he has a little bit of pop to him. I really really like that. I really really like that as a pick. I think they're you know the Baltimore Orioles have a couple a uh, couple guys that'll that are going to be right there. Gunnar Henderson, mm -hmm. uh, Grayson Rodriguez. But mm -hmm. I think in my opinion, for what it's worth, it's it's going to be a uh, if I had to choose right now, I think it's going to be Anthony Volpe. Yeah, yeah, we we had both of those uh, as rookie of the year. Uh, watched a couple of Yankee games early on. I mean, the Yankees are really high on Volpe. Uh, a few comparisons to Jeter, of course. All, uh, you know, just listening to some experts, um, don't don't know if he's going to be that good as as Jeter, obviously. But um, they're obviously very high on him, and he showed early on that. Um, he's kind of, you know, proven them right so far, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, because they passed on some on some free agent shortstops that they probably could have easily had. Uh, all they had to do was open their checkbook, and, and they decided to go with both. So, in the wrong, long run, it may save them money, and they may have a young uh, up-and-coming shortstop that's that's better than some of the ones that were out Home there. Grown. You know, uh, give give the Yankees credit for that. The team that's usually they usually they do play uh, checkbook baseball, as, as some people would like to say. Um, but you know, they stuck to their guns on that, and I and I, I think he is going to be rookie of the year. I think I think he's he's could easily have a 14, 15 year career and and uh, be a very uh, you know be a star in the league, really. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, breaking news right now, kind of as this is happening, I've, I've got the St. Louis Cardinals game over on uh, my phone. Unless this game was to go to extra innings, Jordan Walker's uh, hitting streak will end at 12 games. He struck out on three pitches to Moretta, and they hurts lead the Cardinals 5 nothing in the bottom yeah. of the ninth thing. So that uh, very impressive feat, obviously, you know, you and I are Cardinals fans. I won't lie to you. I hope, you know, force extra innings, get this kid back up here uh, for another shot. 
uh, ultimately yeah. we'll see how that goes. But as of right now, again, that will end Jordan Walker's hitting streak. So we've talked about rookie of the year. We've talked about uh, MVP. We've talked about uh, all of this stuff. I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up with a session. We are gonna predict who we think is gonna be in the World Series and the division winners for each division. I, in my opinion, there's only one division that I'm I'm struggling with. Like, okay, like you know, I I really don't know who to pick. Um, we'll start with the National League. We're gonna go divisional winners first. I'll let you go, and then I'll tell you my divisional winners, and then we'll go on to the American League, and then we'll end this thing with who we believe is going to be in the World Series. So uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Tell me what you got. Yeah. Um, so for the National League, I got Cardinals in the Central Division. Uh, I do think that that will happen. Not that the Brewers aren't very good. They are very good, and, and they, it could – be that they win the division, but Cardinals will be my pick. I just, I, in the long run, I like what we have. I think at the deadline, the Cardinals are going to have to to make some pitching moves if they want to really have a chance to go deep in the playoffs. Whether they're a wild card or a or the division winner, it's not really going to matter. Uh, you know, if they're in the playoffs, they're still going to need that pitching. Um, for the NL East, I had the Braves. Uh, it's kind of one of those deals, you know. Until somebody knocks them off, it's hard to pick anybody else. They've won five straight. Uh, the Mets have kind of been um, up and down this year, you know, kind of um, Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. Uh, so Braves in the East, uh, in the West, the Padres. Uh, I just think the, t- the the Dodgers' time has come and passed a little bit. Not that they're that not that there's not going to make the playoffs or are not going to win a lot of games. I just, I just think the Padres are up and coming and I think they surpassed the Dodgers a little bit. Um, as far as in you know, wild wild cards, I do have the Mets, Dodgers and Brewers making the playoffs. Um, so uh, those are my picks for the NL. Um, do you want to switch over to your picks or you want me to go into AL picks? Yeah, we'll go ahead and do, uh, we'll go ahead and do mine. For the okay. NL, I think, and I'll start with the NL East. I think the Phillies. I think the Phillies, whenever Bryce Harper returns, are going to turn it on. And I think I think the Phillies have a chance to go back to the World Series. I I really believe that. Uh, for the NL Central, I agree with the Cardinals. I personally, and I'm going to get cooked if if any Cardinals fans watch this, I may get cooked by you. I, I don't think the Cardinals' primary threat is is the Brewers anymore. I, I think you got to watch out for the Cubs. Uh, I think the Cubs are going to be that team you kind of look at and go like, okay, I didn't expect that. I don't think they're going to. I don't think. I think. I don't think they're going to win the Central Division. I think they will threaten in the Central Division. That's just my opinion. That may be one of those. Again, we look back yeah. in September and say, man, I was stupid. Um, but I think. I think eventually the Reds, the Pirates, they'll fall off. You know, they, they both started yeah, okay, but I think they fall off. I think the Cubs are the team in Major League Baseball this year that, that hang around and hang around, and uh, they're gonna have, the Cardinals will have to win some head-to-head matchups with them. Uh, for the National League West, to me, it's the Padres by a lot. I think I can see the Padres winning uh, by, like, five games. Uh, the Dodgers are good. You know, they've still got bets. They've still got Freeman. Um but they're not as good as they have been. The Padres are loaded 
loaded, and they're probably going to get more loaded at the trade deadline because AJ Preller seems to have unlimited money uh, that he can just pay all these guys yeah. and sign the eighty-six year, six hundred billion dollar contracts, and uh, just just keep doing it. Um, I think my wild card teams again. I don't think second place in the National League Central is going to be good enough. I think it's going to be the Mets, Phillies, and the Dodgers in the wild card. I could be wrong, but I just I don't because I don't see the division winner in the Central, thought, even though I do believe it's the Cardinals. I thought you had. I the don't in at least winner. Did I say that? Did I say the Phillies? Because I meant the Braves. Whenever I said the wild card, oh, my okay. bad. Yeah, the, Braves, the Braves, Braves okay. the Mets, gotcha. The okay. Braves, the Mets, and the Dodgers. I just don't see the winner of the Central Division having a good enough record that where you know what I'm saying, where it sets yeah, them yeah. apart. You know, yeah, I, I, I think you're gonna have like last year where the Central Division winner doesn't make the playoffs if they don't win the Central Division. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just that's just my opinion. We'll see how it goes. As far as mm-hmm. American League, I will start that off. I think the American League East. Again, I said it earlier, I, I think this could be the, the, the Jays' year. I think this could be the year that they knock off that, uh, that, that the almighty Yankees and Aaron Judge in the American League East and the American League Central. I've got a sleeper team, uh, somebody that not a lot of people are talking about, uh, mainly because the, the Twins have had a, had a pretty good start. Uh, but I like the Guardians again. I, I like the Guardians. I like Jose Ramirez to get that done, uh, yeah. get it done this year. And in the AL West, this is one that's hard for me to pick. Um, I'm not an Astros hater. I'm not an Astros fan. With that being said, I'm going to pick the Texas Rangers, uh, I think, to take the AL West. I could see the, uh, the Astros threatening, and I could see I could see the Astros it coming down to a, a last couple days kind of thing. But I could see the Angels, if – if they are in a situation to trade up to make a push at the deadline, I could see the Angels threatening. We'll see. The Angels yeah, have the talent exactly. to win it. Oh, absolutely. But it'll be just it'll just be interesting to see kind of how things happen at, as they happen. And in the American League West, uh, we can go into some playoff predictions, uh, some World Series predictions. If you want to do the NL, your NLCS, ALCS, we could do that as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't give you uh, my AL wild card. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I've got the Yankees, the Orioles, and the White Sox. So I think one division from each side takes three teams to the playoffs. Got you. Um, my AL picks are a little bit different. Um I got the Yankees in the East. Uh, I don't know. That was a kind of hard one for me to pick. Uh, I really like the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Uh, I think it's really a two-team race. Um, I know the Rays have played very well. Um, but I actually don't have the Rays making the playoffs. I, I just don't now. That may be a that may be a stupid pick because they've already won 13 games, uh, which if they play 500 the rest of the year, 13 games over 500 may – get a playoff spot but you know this was just kind of based on before the whole streak um really so I had the Yankees in the east I picked the twins in the central uh they've really impressed me 
uh, AL West, I was kind of like you. I battled back and forth, uh, had a couple teams written down, and then scratched them out. Finally, finally went with the Rangers. Uh, really like what they've done. They went off season and got one of the biggest horses there is, if he's healthy, and that's DeGrom. Um, and then a couple of other pitchers that they signed, I think is going to have a big impact pack. They got a good lineup. Uh, they hit. I've actually been to their new ballpark. It's you know it's amazing. It's a deep ballpark, but they hit well there. Um, and then wild cards are are Blue Jays. I got the Orioles making it this year. They made a they made a strong push last year to make the playoffs, and I think they get in. And I think Mike Trout and, and uh, Otani make the playoffs this year. I, I don't know what they'll do once they get in, but. Those are my picks. So, uh, division winners: Yankees, Twins, Rangers. Wild card uh, winners: Blue Jays, Orioles, Angels. So, I agree with that. I could, I could see that. I'm, a, I'm a. I'll, I'll tell on myself a little bit. A team that I have really, really come to enjoy watch playing over the past couple of years, even though they've been, you know, just eh, it, it is the Orioles. I was in St. Louis last year whenever they came to St. Louis. They actually beat St. Louis two out of three games at, uh, mm-hmm. in St. Yep. Louis last year. Uh, I think Adley Rutschman is going to be a star. I I really do. I think he is going to be – he may be a superstar. And you talk about stars in baseball, and then you talk about superstars in baseball. And I think Adley Rutschman will be a superstar. Yeah, people don't understand how loaded they are, not just at the major league level with young talent, but they've really done a good job, you know, in the last 10 years or so, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs since 14. Um, And I I just don't think people realize how good they, how good they are. You're right about Adley Rutschman um, and uh, Gunnar Henderson. I think Jackson holidays, probably only a couple of years down the road. Um, but man, I, I like the Orioles. I, I really think they close the gap this year and they make the playoffs as a wild card team. I really do. So, no, I had three so I'm gonna, teams in there, but yeah, that's I, I like the Orioles. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I want to I want to know your opinion on something, and I'll I'll kind of share mine. You have a kid like Jackson Holiday. He's the number one pick in the MLB draft in 2022. He's the son of of Matt Holiday, of course. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a longtime Cardinal played for the Rockies as as well. A very well-known player around the league, uh, still heavily involved with the Cardinals and honestly with the league as well. As an Orioles organization, is there pressure to bring up Ad, not Adley Rutschman to bring up his son Jackson Holiday? Is there is there pressure on the on the organization because Matt Holiday is such a figure? Um, is there pressure to maybe bring him up and you worry about that than bringing him up maybe a little earlier and him being, you know, uh, yeah. Overmatched. Yeah. I hope they don't. I don't think you'll see him any time at any point this year. Uh, it may be a stretch to say that you'll see him at any point next year, but I think by the time he, his third year in professional baseball, I think you may start to hear about him getting a call up at some point during the season. Uh, so we're probably talking about 2025. I could be wrong. It could be earlier than that. I don't think there's really any pressure to bring him up, per se, because of Matt Holiday. I just don't think that's the type of person that Matt Holiday is. Um, really wish he would have kept his job with the Cardinals. Uh, don't know, you know, the full story behind that. I'm, you know, he 
he's a human being like the rest of us. I'm sure maybe, you know, maybe he has personal issues or personal problems or, or maybe he just had a change of heart and there's nothing wrong with that. I just, it's just sad for me because I would like to see him on the coaching staff. I think he would have made a huge difference. I think the only pressure the Orioles would have in bringing him up is, is um, they have so many young players that have done so well already. I could see them maybe trying to push him along because of the thought of having Holiday at short and Rutschman behind the plate and Gunnar Henderson um, in the outfield or wherever they put him. I mean, he can play everywhere. Um, and they also have Cedric Mullins. I mean, we hadn't even mentioned him yet. He's he's awesome as well. So uh, I think the only pressure that they'll have is probably it, it'll probably be self-inflicted. I think I think if they bring him up too early, it's because they like the thought of of having all these young guys in the big leagues at once. But I think that they would be better ser- serving themselves if they wait until 2025 to kind of give him a look at the big league level. I agree too, and you know. Just one more thing about the Oriole team. Of course, you know, the names we mentioned, they also have Ryan Mountcastle, who is tied with yeah. Alonzo for the most part yeah. so far at six. Yeah, um, absolutely. This team yeah. is not talked about enough, no. in my opinion. No, no, they're not. And, 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 you know, I, you know, if they don't finish in the playoffs or if they have a mediocre year, you know, people are kind of, kind of look at it and be like, oh, are they as good as they – as everybody says they were, well, yeah, they are. You got to remember they're very, very young. So it's a very good possibility they don't finish where a lot of people think they will this year. But that doesn't mean in the next three, four years that they won't have a window where they, where they can make a push uh, for the division and and, and maybe a world series. So they got the pitching coming uh, with Grayson Rodriguez and and these young guys in their lineup. Uh, I mean, they're, if I had, if I had a second favorite team, they would be it right now, for sure. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I feel the same way. Uh, let's get to some some World Series predictions, and and then we'll yeah. wrap this up. As we're probably coming yeah. on about an hour now. Um, yeah, yeah, hey, this has been fun though, man. I, I, I mean, we, I could do this for two two hours, but I, I get it. So, so with the World Series, it's one of those. We're going to, you know, between the two of us, we're going to pick four teams, maybe the same team, maybe different teams. At the end of the year, it's, it could be it, can, it could be exactly the same at the end of the year. It could be completely different. Um, my pick from the National League, I've got two, and, and, I, and I really try not to, you know, be a, be a homer here uh, just because, you know, you want to be you want to be impartial as, or as impartial as you can. Of course, it's a natural, in my opinion, it's a natural human instinct to take for your team. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm stuck between the Cardinals and the Phillies. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to be really good. I, I really, really do. I think they're going to work their things out. They're going to trade for some pitching. I don't know who they're going to trade. I think that's going to be a huge discussion over the next uh, couple months. You know, who who is shipping off? Yeah, uh, I think it already is. Better. Yeah. Or I think it could very well be the Phillies uh, go back to back. I'll tell you, if, if you could sit me down in my chair and watch a seven-game National League Central Series with National League Championship Series with those two teams, just the environments and the crowds, you know, playoff mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah, I could sit there for the rest of my life and be a happy man. I uh, and I think that's yeah. where we're headed. Uh, on the AL side, I've got a team we just talked about. 
if Baltimore gets into the playoffs, I think they're going to go to the World Series. I think they're going to be last year's Phillies. You know, the Braves, the, the Braves were better, supposed to be better than the Phillies. And the Padres were supposed to be better than the Phillies. The Cardinals were supposed to be better than the Phillies. Oh, absolutely. Bryce Harper, yeah. Bryce, Harper, Bryce Harper coming into the comes into the wild card series. Oh, he's behind on everything. It's noticeable. He's he's not hitting very well. And then the first pitch of the of his at bat in the first inning, he hits a nuke to right field. I mean, just clobbers it. And it started one of, in my opinion, the most impressive playoff runs by a single player last year. Think about the gigantic home runs he hitting in in uh Atlanta or not or to to beat Atlanta. You think about the one in that day game against the Padres, the go-ahead home run in San Diego. You think about the home run, the I don't know how much MLB the show you play, but whenever you're in road to the show or in Diamond Dynasty and you get the boss challenges where you know it makes a big deal about how this guy spoke, you know, this guy's tough and can you hit a home run off of him? And they literally give Bryce Harper this this boss challenge where they zoom in on him and they you know, amplify his, his walk-up music, uh, shout out to the flower by Moby. That's a really good song. Um, and they show his entire walk to the plate in the first pitch again, just like in St. Louis, he hits a nuke to right field in the, in the world series, uh, in a, in a game three that, uh, Philly ended up winning just, I mean, I think the Phillies have the firepower with adding Trey Turner, they have the pitching. I think it comes down to the Phillies and the Cardinals. So the Phillies and the Cardinals okay. versus the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think those are two good, two good picks. Uh, of course, I didn't have the Phillies in the, in my picks, but that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, they could. They obviously have the pieces uh, to make it back. Um, I got the Cardinals and Padres in NLCS. Uh, I just think. Um, I think it's been long enough that the Cardinals had – I know we were in there in 2019, but it was so – the Nationals just – I mean, they they kicked our butts in four games. It wasn't even a series. And it happened so fast that a lot of people probably don't even remember, even though it was four years ago, that the Cardinals were in the NLCS. So, I think it's their time again. And if you go – Yeah, go ahead. If Sorry to cut you off. If you go back – and look at that roster in 2019. That team had no business being in the NLCS. Yeah, yeah. Um, they 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 ended up being really overmatched uh, with Strasburg and Scherzer. And then when you put on top of that, um, Anibal Sanchez, they really had no shot. What? Hang on, just a second. Um, yeah, I I think. Uh, yeah, like you said, I think they, they really didn't have any business being there. It was fun to watch. I really, at the time, I thought they had an opportunity to make the World Series. But anyway, going back to my picks, I, I really do think the Cardinals are going to make this year. I always go into every year when I make picks, and the Cardinals are always going to be there. Uh, it's it's in my blood. I can't go against it. Uh, there may be some years where people are like, dude, you are stupid. Like, the Cardinals are not <laughs> serious. But – I just can't go against them. And for the most part, you know, they prove us right because they're always in the mix. You know, uh, right. I I think what is going to determine it this year, though, is if they don't go get a number one or two starter to go with Flaherty or if somebody doesn't step up into that role 
maybe it's a Libertor from the minor leagues or or maybe it's a uh, Graceffo or, uh, you know, somebody like that. Or my hope is, is that it's trade um, to go with Flaherty. Uh, we're going to have a hard time getting there. But they're my pick. Padres are loaded. Um, looking at the other teams, I just they, they stand out to me right now as, as the team that would play the Cardinals. Uh, as far as the ALCS, I really got I got the Rangers and the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are going to come out of the the wild card round and end up beating the Rangers. It's going to be Cardinals Blue Jays in the World Series, and the and the Cardinals are going to take it. Uh, uh, many games, I I would say based on the rosters and the way they played, or the way it may play out, uh, could be a six or seven game series. So, that, that, I, I think it could be too. I think. Um, we got a glimpse last week of what kind of series that could be. Uh, yeah. We'll see also if that happens, uh, something to think about if you remember back to last year, and I'm not updating on it uh, currently. I'll, I'll do some research and definitely uh, mm-hmm. become updated on it. It'll be interesting to see Toronto's COVID protocols. Uh, as last year, you know, Cardinals had to go without Nolan and Goldie. If yeah. they have to go without Nolan and Goldie in the World Series, it's, it's going to be trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, you probably wouldn't win. I, I would hope at this point that they've changed that. Uh, yeah, we would have to look that up, but uh, that uh, that's something I didn't take into account. Uh, that would be interesting, uh, for sure. But uh, one thing, and we can probably talk about this more next time we talk baseball. Uh, I think the the balanced schedule this year is going to play a huge difference. I think. I think a lot of pit, I thought a lot of people's picks are going to be off some when we get to the end of the year, um, just because the the balanced schedule I think is going to play a huge role. You don't get to play the the Reds and the Pirates nineteen times anymore. You get them, you get to play them thirteen or fourteen, in which you may say, well, five games not a big difference. Well, when you add up the bottom teams in the division, uh, that's 15 games that you're not getting to play against teams that you normally would beat. So let's say you win 10 out of 15 mm-hmm. games uh, of those that were taken off the schedule. That's a lot of wins. So I think a lot of people yeah. this yeah. year are going to be a lot different at the end of the year. The results are going to be a lot different because of that balanced schedule. Like I said, we can talk about that more next time, but uh, I think I actually want to, I think that's something that people aren't talking about enough is the balance schedule. Yeah, I kind of want to – I actually want to go ahead and kind of talk about that just for a minute, just briefly. We can dive into it next time uh, a little deeper. But we talked a little while ago about how the fans uh, back at the beginning of the show, you know, about how the, the maybe more stolen bases uh, and also the shorter games as far as, um, you know, different – you know, the way that it affects the fans. How does that affect the fans? How does – the fact that you're going to see everybody now affect the fans. I know I've got one of my best friends uh, is a, is a diehard athletics fan. He moved from California, you know, five, six, seven years ago, hasn't got to watch his A's, you know, in over 10 years and they're coming to St. Louis and we're probably going to go you know, watch two of the three, three games of the series, you know, and he's, he's stoked about that, you know, yeah. and without that, there's probably, you know, it could be 10 more years before the A's are within driving distance of him to go watch. Oh yeah. Because you think about, um, you know, the way it was before, and and they, it's not that they're going to come to Kansas City or St. Louis, 
you know, more than once, but you're going to see them, you're going to see them more often than you would normally because the way they had interleague play, uh, even just as far back as last year, is the divisions would rotate. So, right. The NL Central may play the AL West one year, and that's the only teams they play. Now, there were a few more mixed in that they expanded a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, the last 20 years, it's been, you know, you, you play a certain division, and those are the teams that you play in early play. And then next year, you may play the AL East and then the AL Central, and it all rotates. And so it may be, mm-hmm. you said, it may, you know, up until I remember Pulos last year with the Angels. He had never been back to St. Louis with the Angels. Um, you know, it was the first time he had been back to St. Louis. And so you're talking about 10 years worth, of, almost 10 years worth of interleague play where he didn't come to St. Louis. So I think as you, if you're a fan, you love it. I I, I like it. Um, I remember uh, back in the, in the 90s when we had a balanced schedule before they went to the unbalanced schedule in the early 2000s because of the divisions. Um, I like it. I like it. I think it's more of a challenge. Um, and like I said, I, I, I know we're getting long-winded here and we can dive more into it later, but I think it's a topic that not a lot, not people are not talking about enough on sports shows and podcasts I agree. and everything else. So I, I agree. I think to something as well to go along with that as, as we start to wrap this up here, you're, you've always had those certain series, or at least the last few years, that interleague series, like you know, we're going to happen. The Cardinals, the Royals, the Sox, mm-hmm. the Cubs, yep. uh, the the Subway Series, the, yeah. the Yankees, and the Mets. The, those mm-hmm. were going to happen, but to have you know the Giants, the A's, um, but to have you know to be able to see every team, uh, mm-hmm. and it, and I think it gets some teams, you know, maybe some teams that are going to fly under the radar this year that a lot of people wouldn't talk about. Uh, you know, like maybe even the Orioles uh, or the Rangers teams that have not been super relevant over the last three or, you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five, maybe yeah. 10 years. I, I think it gives them more exposure because, well, if you're a Cardinals fan and you haven't watched the, the Oakland athletics, we'll, we'll just, we'll just use that team. You haven't watched an A's game in however long since the last time, they played the St. Louis Cardinals where well, you're not thinking about them or even, you know, even the Orioles or uh, the Tigers, you know, the Tigers are going to be in St. Louis here in a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for young players. I think mm-hmm. it's a good thing for fans uh, because, yeah. you know, not everybody in Kansas city is a Royals fan. Not everybody in St. Louis or in Missouri is a Cardinals fan or, you know, in yeah. Chicago, they're not always Cubs yeah. fans. So um I think I think it's good for baseball, and I think it's a. Uh, I think the intention is more revenue based, uh, more money based. I think that's the intention of a lot of things. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. In baseball, yeah. but I think it does definitely benefit the fans here. Oh, absolutely! And you know, another topic that we can dive into uh, later date is you know baseball is really thinking about realignment, and so what does that do to your rivalries, right? I think that that's a little more controversial than the than the balance schedule. I, I know you you have some diehard old school baseball fans who don't even like interleague play. Uh, I've liked it from the very beginning. I remember when interleague play. Yeah, I do too. Uh, you had you had people you know around around you know my own town, uh, for example, 
who were baseball fans, you get together and talk baseball with them as a kid, and they're like, I hate this interleague play crap. You know, uh, why are we playing the Cleveland Indians or the New York Yankees and things like that? You know, that, that it should only be the World Series when we see those teams. Well, I, I just think that's that's just crazy. I think you're depriving yourself of good base good baseball. Uh, 162 game season, uh, you, you need to really play. You you just do. I mean, it'd be like having the NBA 82 game season and you never see the Lakers play the Knicks. That's just dumb. yeah. You know, I I've just never, <laughs> yeah, I've just never got that argument. You know, I just never had. No, I I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, it, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it needs to happen, and I think, like you said, I think the more uh, interleague play, but that's definitely something we'll we'll talk about next time, as far as yeah. both interleague play and we'll we'll dive into some some realignment. I had, I had seen that, and maybe even draw up what some what some new divisions might look like uh, yeah. in in preparation for that. Yeah. Uh, but guys, uh, if if do you have anything else you you want to cover, just real quick. No. Um, I- just, you know, I think it's been really fun. I was kind of, you know, I always kind of get nervous, you know, putting myself out there. I, I hope that we can get people to to really grab onto this. It'd be fun to kind of make this grow. Uh, if anything else, you know, if it's just me and you get on here talking and a few people watch it, uh, it's a win for me because I like talking baseball uh, and sports in general. So uh, a lot better than I expected. I, I thank you for inviting me on. And, Hopefully there's time to do maybe do some more. I, I've just been sitting here thinking, you know, um, obviously probably not as long. I know we've talked for over an hour here, but um, I think it'd be really cool if we if we could expand it a little bit as far as uh, maybe me and you get on here, you know, more uh, together. So something something we can talk about over text and. Um, and uh, definitely going to be working on the next baseball show uh, with some ideas and shooting you some ideas. But I appreciate you having me on the podcast, and ho- hopefully we can turn this thing into something special and and uh, get people to tune in and and just have fun with it, and, and hopefully do it a lot more. I've I've, had, I've really enjoyed this, and it gives me a chance to kind of forget about things that are going on at work, and and uh, I don't get to talk a lot of baseball. Uh, with with a lot of people so I, I enjoy it so thank you uh I I as you appreciate uh me having you on I appreciate you coming on the and we will wrap it up with a final word a little bit of an update the Cardinals drop their game tonight for our Missouri fans uh five to nothing their record falls to five and eight and on the Royal side they did not play today they did play yesterday blew out the Rangers in Kansas City 11 to one, and we'll start a four gamer with the Braves tonight uh, for the Chicago fans. We'll, we'll hop into that just real quick. Uh, the White Sox played today, played yesterday as well. They had an off day today, lost three to one to the twins and I'm pulling up the Chicago Cubs right now. Give me just a second, just cause I watch a lot of baseball, but I cannot watch every game. The Cubs also had an off day today and lost to the Mariners five to two last night and start a what I believe is a three-game series with the Dodgers. Uh, really a trip to the West Coast for them with the Dodgers uh, on Saturday. So they had two days off, actually. Uh, no, they don't. Never mind. They play a four-game series with the Dodgers. My bad. 
uh, well, after dropping. The, yeah. Sorry. The uh, uh, only thing I wanted to add is, is you will see some oddities in the schedule this year. I was looking at Cardinal's schedule. And I think it's this way with most of the teams in Major League Baseball. There are a couple of months, uh, June and July, maybe August. I don't know if they're consecutive, but you will see teams have two days off. I did see that on the schedule. Um, this kind of an oddity. I don't know if that's something that they're trying. I know they want to get players more days off, but just kind of add to that. You you will see that. Uh, it, it's not it's not a typo or anything. There are uh, everybody's schedule does have two days off in a row at some point. So just thought I'd add to that. All right. I, I appreciate that. I will see if maybe we can do a, a, you know, maybe, you know, start up a Facebook page or something where we uh, can send out scores, things like that uh, at the end of the day. Um, but guys, I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a great first episode again. I want to thank uh, Jordan Ellsworth for coming on, putting himself out there. Uh, I don't know about you. I got a little nervous at the, at the very beginning before we were about to hit record. Um, but yeah, again, I, I, I second absolutely everything you said, you know, I hope this, this turns into something special, turns into a long run again, find us on YouTube and all spot Spotify or all podcast outlets, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, and Stitcher. All right. With that again, he's Jordan Ellsworth. I'm Austin Bradley. I want to thank yeah. you guys for tuning in and I will see you on Monday night for overtime with a B covering all things basketball and NBA. Uh, we will talk about the transport portal, talk about the NBA playoffs and get you all set as the playoffs start Saturday. So a big time as we get ready to wrap up basketball for the year. And uh, with that, again, guys, thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Everybody have a great night. Stay safe. Have a good and happy weekend. Yeah, everybody stay safe. Till next time, we'll see you.